It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bo Perbula, not Drew Aller, is leading the quarterbacks for Penn State football right out of the gate in these winter workout sessions. Plus, there are some other surprises and standouts that are worth mentioning for Penn State football. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Penn State fans? That is right. You are Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Seiko, bringing you all things Penn State sports coverage. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more is a winner. It's that simple. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And if you're not already, become an everydayer. And thank you if you are already an everydayer. Subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Like this episode. Help us get in front of more Penn State fans and Let me know down in the comments as we're talking winners, takeaways from the first two official practices for winter workouts in the offseason. Some surprises, some players not so surprising here, but takeaways ultimately, and we only have so much of a sample size here, but definitely some indicators as far as where this team, what direction this team is heading in, and who are going to be the leaders going into the 2024 season. And I think we need to start with quarterback. Bo Prabula winning not one, but both of them. And this one I am not surprised by. I am not surprised by. Do I think there's a co- quarterback controversy once again? Because we did have that conversation a season ago, an offseason ago. Because James Franklin wouldn't name anybody. He said, I don't know if it's Drew Aller. I don't know if it's Bo Prabula. There's going to be an open quarterback battle. That's how he always framed it. But the reason I'm not surprised by Bo Prabula winning these winter workout warrior titles is because he's just a freakish athlete. He's got that dog in him. Overall, he's just more athletic than Drew Aller. Drew Aller has the the stronger arm, the better arm talent. However, Bo Prabula can run the football. He's tough. And this is this is his game. This is his dojo. Okay, this is where he truly excels. So not any surprise. Bo is a competitor, but we still don't know if he can do the X's and O's stuff. And frankly, if he can even throw a football accurately, we've seen him throw how many passes in a legitimate game? What, three? And they didn't all look the best? But Bo Perbula, it's still still Drew Aller's quarterback spot. I am not going to sit here and imply that, oh, Bo Perbula is taking Drew Aller's spot as quarterback one. What this does lead me to believe is that Bo Perbula will be inclined for more playing time on the football field and designated offensive packages to get him more involved. Something Mike Yursich neglected for the entire 2023 season. And as soon as he was gone, look at that. There was an emphasis to find a way to get Bo Perbula on the field where he can succeed. Whether that's a decoy, distraction, use him as a running mobile quarterback, the, the lion, right, with Tommy Stevens and everything. But this is still Drew Aller's offense. There's really not much more to take away than that. At running back, Cam Wallace and Nicholas Singleton. Cameron Wallace and Wallace. This one, I guess, is a little bit of a surprise, maybe to people who aren't familiar with him in the running back room. But he was at the at the beginning of the year and be going into the 2023 regular season. He was rumored to push for the third spot. A, a rumor had leaked 
that Cam Wallace was really impressing in training camp and could have contended for snaps, but then ended up seeing him redshirt. It went turned to Trey Potts and Tank Smith. However, at Wallace, and, and that was the smart right decision. You weren't going to take a veteran. You weren't going to burn a redshirt for somebody that can now have, could develop, have the eligibility knowing that Trey Potts was eventually going to move on and eventually Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen, this could be their last season at Penn State. But the rumor was he was pushing Potts last season, never actually did. But to define Wallace, he's a speedy five foot nine, 190 pound running back. So maybe becomes more of the receiving back this year. We've seen Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen excel or at least improve in the receiving game, but a, a serious threat where you just get him the football in space and he goes because of his speed and agility, that is something to look forward to if he can capitalize on that. But it's good to see some depth. Trey Potts goes into the NFL draft, right? You you have some question marks after Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen. I'm advocating for Quentin Martin to switch to wide receiver. So what does that third running back spot look like? And, and Cam Wallace to win on day one of winter workouts is impressive. Singleton getting the second day, Water's wet, <laughs> no surprises here, because he should be a captain this season. He should, he, he and Catron Allen, they split reps, but those two together form that dynamic duo. He's competing for all conference titles, all American titles, but I am going to back off on saying, oh, he's definitely an all American. He's going to contend for the Heisman. And why I say that it's not because of a lack of talent. It has to do more so with the fact that he splits reps. He's not going to rack up the yardage. The, the usage to get into the Heisman conversation in a first team or a second team All-American bid. So it's going to be difficult to do, but it's, it's why they were able to last as long throughout the season. There wasn't One of them wasn't being overworked, and they were able to avoid injury, which was good, which was great. And something Penn State's plan with running back has worked. It's nice to have both of them because they complement one another, and they also allow them to remain healthy and not overworked. Let's move to wide receiver. Liam Clifford and Malik Mega are your first two winners of the Winter Workout Warriors. Start with Clifford, because as far as I'm concerned, the slot wide receiver spot is completely wide open. DeAndre Lambert-Smith is presumed to move back there after being the X, the Z, whatever. He was supposed to be your number one wide receiver in 2023. Did not live up, fell far short of expectations. And the slot wide receiver, just because he's a veteran going into that spot as the Y, I don't think he is a guaranteed starter at that spot. And I'm not saying because Liam Clifford won the first day of winter workouts, that means that he's the presumed starter. I've heard a lot of positives about Liam Clifford's work ethic, but it still just hasn't translated enough to the football field. So with Keanu Lambert-Smith losing playing time down the stretch, right, there was evidence of this, that there's just going to be an open competition. The only two receivers that are safe are Julian Fleming and Trey Wallace. Everybody else is competing for that starting slot spot and all of the backups, the twos, the threes at any of the receiver positions. And you need depth because anything could happen in the game of football. It's a good start for Clifford, but you still, he's now becoming a veteran, right? Multi, multiple years in the program now, still need to see more, right? So you can all, that's great that he, it's wonderful that he looks good on paper, but actually need it to translate to the football field. For, as for Malik Mega, I've been told that Malik Mega has been a suspected breakout candidate for quite some time, and he's truly a veteran in the program, special teams captain a season ago. Coaches have been patient, waiting for him to tap into his potential. Uh, why can't he compete for more reps a, as a backup? Essentially be a Julian Fleming light in a case because 
with Malik Mega's size, I expect him to be a better blocking type of wide receiver. So maybe he can pick up some pointers from Fleming. But as far as Mega's concerned, he will be a special teams captain again alongside Dom DeLuca. I can't imagine that that would change. I, I really couldn't. May I'm going to talk about punter, but those two were your captains a season ago for special teams. But why can't he compete for more reps as the number two at either the X or the Z? We got to go quickly to tight end. Joey Schlaffer and Tyler Warren are the first two, not Andrew Rapplier, not Khalil Dinkins. Joey Schlaffer. That's someone that has been forgotten in this tight end room, Schlaffer, because everybody talks about, and rightfully so. I've been on this show. A Andrew, <laughs> I've been saying this on the show. Andrew Rapplier and Luke Reynolds, five star tight end, early enrollee, but Schlaffer is not some lowly three star, former four star former top 10 tight end at the position in the class of 2023, just underside. Why did he redshirt tight end? I've explained this before. Some people, some listeners might remember this, but tight end is a very difficult position to transition to out of high school because when most high school tight ends are about 210, 220, and then you got to go up against 250 pound, 260 pound defensive ends and block them. Yeah, you need that red shirt. <laughs> you need that red shirt season coming into, even if you're an early enrollee, but Schlaffer, that is a good sign. And I'll be honest, I think the skill level between all of the tight ends after Tyler Warren is very even. The matter, it's a matter, football's a game of inches, right? I think this is the case in terms of skill level as well. It is that close between Dinkins, Schlaffer here, Rapplier, and Reynolds. Any of them could be tight end number two. I would probably lean that it's still Khalil Dinkins, but you can't sit back and tell me that any of those other names could not push for more reps and basically have a co starter at that second tight end spot. Tyler Warren, I've said this a lot, should not come as a surprise. He was banged up last spring, which is why we didn't hear his name a lot a year ago, but should contend to be a captain. But remember, there's only two offensive spots, there's only two defensive spots, and there's only two special team spots with the way that Penn State nominates its captains. And one of them, what, is supposed to go to the quarterback, right? Drew Aller's entering his third year with the program. This is the year that he has to be a captain. But uh, Tyler Warren and, and Nicholas Singleton make a lot of sense if they are named the offensive captains. At offensive line, this is where we will finish offense before we pivot to defense. Nick Dawkins winning both of them. That there's Now you see a little bit of security at offensive line because you lost your starting left tackle, Olu Fashion, top 10 NFL draft pick, at least a top 10 talent. We'll see what the teams ultimately decide. Caden Wallace on the other side, criticized over his Penn State career but Jeff, definitely a very good anchor at that right spot, no matter what people want to believe. And then Hunter Norzad at the center spot, which is being vacated. Now, Dan Dawkins, Dawkins here has been a career backup for Penn State, battled some injuries as well, but now shining with the opportunity and, turn, and turning into probably that effective leader. Here's who he has to fend off. Sal Wormley, because there's always been rumors of Wormley's getting reps at center. Is this going to be the year that they move him over to center because they have J.B. Nelson and Venga Yuwane as the starting guards? Does Wormley move to center in this case? And then there's Cooper Cousins. Cooper Cousins can play any of the positions, center, guard, tackle, number two, interior offensive line recruit in the rank in the 24-7 rankings here. But Cousins, I, I think is probably going to get start any so he was the starting center at his high school too but he can play anywhere along the line of scrimmage. He's got to fend both of them off and just because Cousins is an early enrollee and a, and a true freshman, I think he burns his red shirt. I think he has all the potential in the world. 
He was one of the main faces in this class of 2024, and he already comes in with game day college ready size at six foot six, 330 pounds. It's not going to be easy, but Nick Dawkins, this is a good sign that he could be the starting center going into training camp and the first game against West Virginia. That was offense. How about defense? I, I think defense. I don't think is as controversial as maybe the offensive winter workout warriors were, but still some things to point out and discuss. And we will do just that on the other side of this break. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Happy Super Bowl Sunday to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or maybe two or three or even more. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. If you like player props like I do, you can bet on Patrick Mahomes passing yards, Christian McCaffrey rushing yards, Travis Kelsey receiving yards, and others. And right now, new customers, when you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more is a winner, it's that simple. It's that easy. All you got to do is visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. And the Locked On Podcast Network is making history. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus the national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We'll start with defensive line and then work our way down to special teams, but finish. Start with the front of the defense and then the back end of the defense, cornerbacks and safeties. At defensive line, you get a defensive end, you get a defensive tackle. Zariah Fisher. Now, I imagine I would like to see Deny Dennis Sutton in this case, but Zariah Fisher is promising because we know that Deny Dennis Sutton is going to start at one of those defensive end positions. Who's going to start at the other? I think Penn State's going to have a, a co-starter plan here. And they're going to rotate in defensive ends. Don't forget about Jameel Lyons. Don't forget about Amin Vanover. But Zariah Fisher, who's come a long way, recovered well from leg surgery. He's an effective speed pass rusher. He's a better pass rusher than he is as a run defender. Needs to improve in his run defense. And that's, I guess, what Amin Vanover is for. So if you can rotate the two in effectively and have that depth, versatility, Penn State has a nice plan at defensive end. So like I said, Zariah Fisher, a veteran. Still coming a long way. Don't forget about Smith Vilbert either. Maybe he'll turn up in some of these winter workout warrior nominations. Zane Durant at the defensive tackle spot was the second one. And Durant, who is going to be, I thought was going to become one of the faces of the defense this year. But then Penn State's able to retain Hakeem Beam and Devon Ellis from going into the NFL with that extra year of eligibility. But 
the more the merrier in the case. The depth, Penn State likes to rotate defensive linemen to keep legs fresh. Zane Durant, extremely, extremely talented, was, was very burned his red shirt right out of the gate as a true freshman, started to make somewhat of an impact. Now, in year three, let's see if he can take over and become an all-conference nominee. I won't go as far as All-American, but definitely, I think, could be an all-conference contender, not just a third team. I'm talking first or second team in this case. Now let's go to linebacker. The first two winners, Tyler Elsden and Dom DeLuca. And I know what everybody's sitting back and saying, oh, Tyler Elsden, how did he win a winner workout warrior spot? Starting linebacker spot, it's up for grabs. There's a lot of competition here. And it's good to see that Elsden and Dom DeLuca are out in front because they are the veterans uh, in this case. But a, a starting linebacker spot it is open here. Curtis Jacobs has gone off to the NFL and that means I, I would imagine that Dom DeLuca is in line for a starting spot. I mean, this is his natural position here as the Sam, as the strong outside linebacker with Abdul Carter being the weak off-ball linebacker. You have the Mike linebacker spot, which Tyler Elsden has been the backup to Kobe King. But you have King and Carter, the presumed starters there. Elsden, a backup linebacker. But Maybe we see, maybe Elsdom thinks that he can compete and be that third starting outside linebacker and going up against DeLuca. But I'm more impressed with the fact that fending off, at least early on, Tony Rojas, Kavion Keys, Keon Wiley, who are now going to their second, third years within the program. And those guys have, are freakishly athletic, all the potential in the world, but out in front right now of the race. It's Dom DeLuca and Tyler Elsdom. And, and in DeLuca's case, he was a PFF monster a, a season ago. I, I expect him to start. Now, take pro football focus for what it's worth, but DeLuca received rave reviews from the analytics. So that's why I think I, I expect him to start. He was a defensive captain a, a season ago, veteran leader, but Penn State can also be selective. Take the starting role only with so much credit in this case because Penn State, when they shift to passing downs, you might want a linebacker that's better in pass coverage because DeLuca is the, one of the strongest linebackers in the room. He's also one of the toughest and most physical. That's good for run defense, but he's a little bit of a liability in pass coverage. So maybe Penn State switches to a 4-2-5 or maybe they shift out a linebacker. So in, in base run defense, Don DeLuca goes in because he can stuff the run. And positive showing from Elsden too. Elsden's received a lot of criticism over the past two seasons with the 400-plus yard rushing game uh, allowed against Michigan, and then last season looked out of place at times and giving up the big plays uh, in games. This is this is a good sign, and I, I want to see Elsden improve, especially since he's one of the older players uh, on this Penn State football team. Let's go to cornerback. Cam Miller and A.J. Harris were the two winners for this week. And all the corner... So we talk about that starting linebacker spot for Penn State. How about the cornerback spots? All of them are open. Both the boundaries and the slot cornerback is spot. And it's good to see the most talented cornerbacks on paper in this case are the first two to stand out. Cam Miller should be a starter. A.J. Harris with the, the five-star rating, top 50 player in the entire nation for the class of 2023, was down at Georgia, transferred in. These two should have been the first winter workout warriors for these couple of practices. And, th and this is who I would pencil in as the first string starters in the base defense. Now, Penn State, we know that they like to do this defensively. Maybe Tom Allen changes some things, but for Manny Diaz and Brent Pry, they like to have a one, Joey Porter Jr., Kalen King, and then a 2A, two 2B. Two so we'll see who that ultimately is. But if we're looking for 
one, these two guys will be a starter and then a co-starter and then looking for that mystery man who will be that third player. And then also, don't forget about the slot defensive back with Daquan Hardy moving on to the NFL. Is that King Mac? Is that Audavian Collins? And we'll get some impressions as winter workouts continue to roll on. Safety. Safety is probably Penn State's one of Penn State's strongest position groups going into the 2024 season. And maybe I could argue, you know, after running back, right, with Catron Allen and Nicholas Singleton might be the best position group for the 2024 season. Jalen Reed and Zachy Wheatley were your two winter workout warriors to start. Reed is underrated, does not get enough credit for what he did uh, in this past season, deserves more credit for his athleticism, and he's good both in man and in zone. K.J. Winston's getting the rave reviews, first-round pick projections for the 2025 NFL draft, but Jalen Reed, I won't go and say, oh, he's a first-round talent too, I need to see more, but it is not completely distant from Winston's talent. And don't count out Zach Hugh Wheatley. Zach Hugh Wheatley, turnover king once upon a time. We thought, you know, had a lot of potential and, and forced some turnovers. But last season was pretty quiet in that category. Needed to improve in terms of tackling physical presence. And he did. And he did. Penn State is a, an embarrassment of riches here at the safety spot. Just because traditionally in most defenses you have a strong safety and a free safety, that doesn't mean Penn State can get creative. If your cornerbacks are letting you down, you can move Jalen Reed down into man coverage. You can do the same thing with Zachy Wheatley, KJ Winston. Any of them can stay on the field. You don't have to leave them off. They are very good at reading the eyes of the quarterback. They're instinctive. They're intelligent. They know how to read opposing offenses. You have a dynamic duo between Jalen Reed and KJ Winston. And don't forget about Zachy Wheatley. So all three of them could be utilized in pass defense. It would be interesting in a base 4-3 defense to have all three of them out there, but they can rotate. And again, providing depth. Hey, it works for Allen and Singleton to reduce some snaps, but they're both 100% going into the fourth quarter when all goes well. And then special teams. Riley Thompson wins day one. Sanders Sahadak wins day two. As far as Thompson... I don't find this surprising. He's one of the older players. He's one of the older players on the team coming back with the additional eligibility and has the multi years of eligibility left in college football because he's played the Australian football. So Tom Thompson was uh, considered a freshman just a couple of years ago for NCAA regulations, but a veteran football player should be all conference in the Big Ten as a punter and. If it wasn't for Malik Mega and Dom DeLuca returning as special teams captains, Riley Thompson could easily be considered a captain in that case. But what, do you take it away? Or maybe you had a third captain spot at special teams. Who knows? James Franklin can do whatever he wants in this case. And then there's Sanders Sahadak at the kicker spot. Good to see Sahadak here. I don't want him to be forgotten about because Sahadak is talented. Sahadak is athletic. But I feel like his nerves and lack of focus get in the way, overtake him when he's on the football field. This is my assumed starter at, at the kicking spot for both kickoffs and a, as the place kicker, but nothing is safe. You brought in Alex Falcons a season ago, and look what happened. You brought him in as insurance to create competition, ended up taking the starting spot and being Mr. All Reliable throughout the season. I don't know if Chase Meyer exactly holds that potential, but it's the same thing. Brought in as insurance to push to Haydack to create a competition. And point goes to Sahadak to start in this case. So those are the winter workout warriors for the first two practices. And we'll continue to update and get some impressions. And it's a small sample size. So I can't say, oh, here's who I'd like to see. Here's who I'd like to see. But this is who is out in front at the beginning of the race in this case. 
Now we're going to talk some Penn State men's hockey. Like I said, this is the show to talk about all your favorite Penn State sports. We welcome back Eric Olson, Penn State men's hockey color commentator, to help me preview Penn State versus Minnesota out in Minneapolis, a two-game series that is on the other side of this break. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You got to download the Game Time app because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all customers are getting $100 off when you buy a big game ticket with code Vegas100. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes out the guesswork for buying tickets now some of the things that i like ga about game time because i've used the game time app and game time with the last minute tickets you get flash deals on those last minute tickets so getting tickets last second and you get discounts on those tickets it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area it's all organized for you you don't have to go looking around to see it's all presented to you and just like that you also get views from the seats at each venue so you get that point of view you're not second guessing you're not wondering when you show up for the event because you know what it's going to look like from your seat lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection make game time all that much more better game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time and right now all game time users get 100 off a big game ticket when you use code vegas 100 terms apply just download the Game Time app. Use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. And remember, if you're not already becoming everyday, you're subscribed to Locked On Nittany Lions on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts for the latest analysis around your favorite Penn State sports. And in this final segment, we're talking about one of those favorites. It's Penn State men's hockey as they have a series out in Minnesota this weekend. We welcome back Penn State men's hockey color commentator Eric Olson to the show to discuss this one. You can follow him on X, formerly known as Twitter. You can also listen to him broadcast alongside Brian Tripp on gopsusports.com. Eric, I appreciate the time. This this series against Minnesota is all too important because right now Penn State is tied at 23rd in the pairwise. But on the outside looking in, you have some momentum coming off the Ohio State series, but this is, of course, a top 10 Minnesota team. Not the same Minnesota team that went all the way to the NCAA championships, but they're still very talented. They're very good. They have stout defense, a stout goalie, and Justin Close. But Penn State, like I said, they need this one. Coming off of the bye, coming off of a, a series sweep of Ohio State where they won both games 4-3, to three, I like that they have some momentum. You couple that with some rest. I think the timing lines up perfectly to where I expect Penn State to at least split this series in Minnesota, albeit it is on the road. That's difficult. They split with Minnesota last time at home. But they at least split again with the possibility. They're, they're going to be in both games. 
But if they don't split the series at a minimum, I'm concerned for this team moving forward. So what are your expectations? And what does Penn State need to do to ultimately win at least one of those? Well, uh, for me, Zach, the the expectation is probably a split. I think that's that's absolutely realistic. Um, A sweep would be incredible if it happened for Penn State. Um, And it's it's something that could happen. You know, they if I remember correctly, they have never swept in Minnesota. They, they've mm. come close before. Um, I, I'd have to go and double check, so don't quote me on that, but I, I'm pretty sure they've, they've never swept up in Minnesota. Um, and, well, maybe a couple years ago. I don't know. I, I got to do my homework on that just to <laughs> confirm. But Penn State okay. typically plays well in Minnesota. I'll, I'll say that. They typically play well. Um, this year will be a little bit different because it's a different size sheet of ice. Minnesota going, uh, mm. reducing, reducing – their size from Olympic ice and, you know, 200 by 100 to now, I think they're, um, down to, they're not NHL size yet. They're still in the nineties and 200 by and maybe like okay. 95. So they, they shrunk the ice a, a little bit. Um, and that's, that's something, you know, I, I asked guy about earlier this week at, at the media session, like, you know, playing on the bigger sheet of ice has at times favored your team because it allows you more room to work offensively. There are challenges to playing on a big sheet of ice, especially when it comes to defending. You have to be way more stout with your gap control and staying responsible in the areas of ice you need to be. You can't get caught chasing to the outside because then it can open you up a lot. But but really, on, on that big sheet of ice, Penn State fared pretty well. It's still not NHL size like they play on at Pagula, so there will be mm-hmm. more room to work with, but a little bit different. And guy was like, honestly, I'm I'm excited to see what it looks like and how we play on it, just to get a feel yeah. for it because it'll be their first time. So that's an element for this weekend. But mm. I think you kind of touched on some things. The buy to me comes at a good time um, okay. because they were saying how at, at practice last week and now into this week it's allowed them more time to really focus on things they need to be focusing on at this time of year. Look at this point in the season, just like any other sport, you are who you are. You're not changing anything. It's about reinforcing the things you need to do well. And if there's things you need to clean up, you focus on that as well. So they feel like they've gotten some really good practice time in to, to focus on those things and try to play their best hockey down the stretch. But you know, you touched on it where they're at in the pairwise. That's the reality. Um, yep. The math, the math does not favor them right now. But the good news is, you have a series with Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin left. Mm-hmm. Michigan, Wisconsin are at home. Those are all teams that are in the top twelve of the pairwise. Minnesota and Wisconsin are top ten. If you can get wins, realistically. They have to split all of those series to have a good chance to make the tournament. Right. If you can, it really can boost you a lot. And then you end with Ohio State on the road. That has to be another sweep, just like they did here in Pagula. And then you need a, a win in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. So it's a lot of adversity in front of them to make the tournament, but the team knows that. They're aware of that. All they can do is go out and take it game by game. And that's what they're going to do. That's what they preach. Mm-hmm. So, it's so- a, yeah, go ahead. No, and, and I was going to follow up with that. So in the in the case of Minnesota here, because I, I agree with you, there's definitely a path. It's not that Penn State is a bad hockey team. They're they're a good hockey team, but they played such tough competition. You know, do I look at the Notre Dame series and I say that's a 
that's a series where they should have split. Absolutely. But they play Michigan state's been in the top 10. Wisconsin has had this incredible turnaround there in the top 10. Minnesota has been in the top 10 and they split that series as well. They, you know, took Michigan down to the wire. So it's not like they haven't played tough teams, but unfortunately they're losing more often than not to those tough teams this time around against Minnesota. Penn State just lets up, I feel like, even against Ohio State, and I'm glad they were able to pull it off, but too many easy goals. The Buckeyes were always able to respond. Minnesota is better. They're going to make you pay for allowing those easy types of goals. So is Penn State a veteran who's now, I, I thought he was going to be gone at this point, just in close. I thought he was going to be finished in goal after last season, but he is back for at least, I think, one more year, right? I don't know his COVID eligibility, but he's still in goal and he's a veteran has all the experience in the world, and he has a wall. How Because I know that Penn State's going to give up the easy goal, so how can they penetrate Minnesota's defense to get their own? you got to be aggressive uh, against them. And mm-hmm. look, Justin Close is a, is a great goaltender, and yep. you, you got to get in front of him. you got to get traffic. And Penn State has had success against him. It, it's not like he was, you know, Kill Morris, where it just felt like... Sure. Didn't matter what shot you were taking, it wasn't going in. Uh, but but he's a great goaltender. And yeah, he came back this year because he felt like there was some unfinished business with this team, you know, coming a, a goal short of winning a national championship. So right. he's been having another really good year. And yeah, you know, Minnesota isn't as good as they were last year. They lost a lot of talent to the NHL, but they still have some really quality players. And it, it's going to be a, a tough, a, a tough weekend. But the Nittany Lions feel like they are playing their best hockey right now. They're, they feel like okay. they're, they're getting back to that. And that Ohio State really helped reinforce some things. The team has metrics that they pay attention to, that they focus on, that for them are the markers of how well they're actually playing. To the average fan, you, you look at the box score and that's how you make assumptions about things. Or you watch the game and you put the mm-hmm. two and two together. You can play a really good hockey game and still lose you can play an average hockey game do some things right and win or lose hockey's that fickle sport where anything can happen and they feel like with what they focus on that are the identifiers of their game they're they're doing a lot of things right so they feel like they're on on the right path to playing good hockey um the biggest thing is consistency for them and and yeah look at times against ohio state they weren't consistent, and mm-hmm. that's a hard thing to do, especially in the Big Ten. But Sulier was phenomenal that series. They don't sweep mm-hmm. Ohio State if it wasn't for him, and that's that's the biggest key going into this weekend right. is goaltending. Sulier is going to have to go toe to toe with Close and outduel him. Got whoever can make that extra save, that big time save in that moment, it's probably going to be the team that wins. And, and both goaltenders are absolutely capable of doing it. So Sulier feels like he's getting back to his game and where it should be and where it was last year. So I think there's a lot of confidence in that team right now. And the other really positive coming out of Ohio State was the power play got back on track. Five power play goals that series is huge. And I I might have touched on it the last time we talked. Special teams are such a big thing in Big Ten play because power plays can either be an equalizer when you're not playing great at that moment or it can be something that helps you put a team away and for penn state the power play helped them put ohio state away 
They had a lot of opportunities against teams like Notre Dame and Michigan State in those series where they got power plays but couldn't score, and it couldn't change the tide of that game. So special teams, again, are going to be a huge part of this weekend, uh, capitalizing when you can, not allowing Minnesota to score on the power play. And the best way to do that is not take penalties. And that was something Penn State did a much better job of against Ohio State, not taking the bad penalties where now you're killing a lot. So uh, a lot of positives, I think, going into the weekend in what's going to be a a tough series. It's not an easy place to play up there in Minnesota, but it's a barn where the team really has found success in the past, managing to, to get splits up there. Let's see if Penn State can build a winning streak. They go into the series Friday and Saturday. Penn State going in 12 and 11 and three overall. Minnesota 16, 7 and 5. Minnesota number nine in the pairwise. Penn State tied at 23. And on Friday, you can watch that one at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That one's actually going to be on Fox Sports 1. And then on Saturday the 10th at 4 p.m., both out there in Minneapolis. And if you want to listen to Brian Tripp and Eric Olson himself on the call, you tune in on gopsusports.com for both of those games. Eric, I appreciate the time as always. Safe travels, and let's see if Penn State can pull this off. Thanks again. Yeah, I appreciate it, Zach. Thanks. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.